podcast listener, welcome to the Living Better Podcast, where you will get to hear stories, secrets, strategies, and tips to help you lose weight, get strong, and feel amazing. For more information about the Living Better Podcast, head on over to CrossFitHale.com slash podcast. Hey, Tina. Hey, Jay. Welcome back. Yes. So uh, last few podcasts, we've been uh, off in London, yep. uh, but now we're back in uh, El Cerrito. Guest visitors. Yeah, that's right. So um, so just regular American accents this time. <laughs> I could fake it. <laughs> I'd like to hear you try that. Yeah. Um, so today's podcast topic is... Overtraining or under-recovery. So uh, we, we got this question actually from, uh, from Dale. He, we mentioned, you know, there's no such thing as overtraining. There's only under-recovery. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? So... Um, yeah, so what... What do you mean by that? What does overtraining look like? Or how do I know if I'm overtraining? So um, when we talk about overtraining, it's basically like exceeding your body's capacity to recover. So let's say, for example, you know, you go and run five miles a day every single day. At some point, you're going to hit a wall and you're going to get sick. You know, you're, you're going to start to have all these little injuries. You know, lots of different things are going to happen, Right. Uh, because what we do is we change the stimulus every day. Sometimes it's hard to tell whether you're overtraining or not, right? So, you know, overtraining really looks like you're just generally fatigued. You're not feeling yourself. You know, you're uh, you're having little injuries or aches and pains that you're maybe not used to having. Um, you just feel generally tired and kind of worn out. So you don't feel good. You don't feel good before, during, or after a workout. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we? How do we avoid it, or how does a person avoid doing that? So, you know, I mean, you would you would avoid overtraining by there's a couple different steps. So, number one, uh, I like to look at what is your baseline. Like, are you are you doing the sort of easy stuff first, right? So, are you eating well? You know, does that mean are you eating meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, right? If you're eating Doritos three times a day, you're probably going to hit overtraining pretty quickly, right? Right, and that would be the first thing that I would change. That would contribute to the crappy feelings. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it would be hard to tell the difference between your crappy diet and overtraining. Yeah, right. Right. Um, are you sleeping enough? I mean, this is you know, this is one of those things that we talk about quite a bit. I know that based on, you know, some of the the type A personalities that come into the gym that people don't get enough sleep. Um, some people do, some people don't, but we recommend that you're sleeping eight hours a night. You know, that's a, that's a sort of a blanket recommendation. A few people can get away with less than that, but if you're training like we do, you probably need more than that. Um, so are you doing, are you taking care of your sleep? Are you taking care of your nutrition? And then the third one, don't talk about that much, but it's uh, hydration. Are you drinking enough water, right? And it's not just water. You know, sometimes you have to add a little salt and lemon to your water to actually make sure that you're hydrated. Right. Uh, sometimes if you have a headache or you're just feeling generally lethargic, you're not hydrated. So really, number one is, do you have the baseline of those three things sorted out? Yeah. So those seem like really simple things to check. Simple. Yeah. Yes. Not always easy. Right. <laughs> uh, you might have to change a few things to make sure you get enough sleep and you right, eat right, right and that kind of thing. But but they are pretty simple. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we if you're coming into this this kind of training with a crappy diet, then that's the first thing that you need to adjust after you start to get used to the training. Right. Right. And and that way, once you start to do that, then you'll be able to train a little bit longer, a little bit harder before you start to feel the effects. Right. Yeah. Um, so number two 
is your training schedule. So once you have that baseline down, you know, to avoid overtraining, you look at your training schedule. So um, based on what we're training, and this is just a general recommendation. So based on what we do here, I recommend that you take two days a week off from intense training. Mm-hmm. Right. So out of seven days, out of out seven of, days. Okay. Yeah. So let's say, yeah, a seven day week that you take two days a week off. Okay. So one of them is kind of given we're closed on Sunday, but I know that some people like to do extra stuff. Right. So, uh, you know, if you're out running five miles on Sunday, might not be a surprise why you're tired on Monday. Right. Right. Um, but you know, you, I recommend that you take two days a week off. That might be, you know, you just take it easy on one of the days, you know, you don't have to be completely out of the gym if you just want to work on some skills or, you know, whatever, something that's going to be nice and easy for you. Um, there are a couple days where we come in and we're like, ah, you know, I'm not feeling great today. Let me just go through the motions, you know, yeah, and you yeah. just start doing the movements and go really slow. Right. Right. Um, so that, so that's the first, first bit. The second bit is each month, I recommend that you take one down week. An entire week. An entire week. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at the programming for the gym, and this is true for any other gym as well, you don't program your down weeks because people don't always show up every right. every single week. And it'll, yeah, it'll be different for every everyone. Yeah, everyone's on a different schedule. Um, but we recommend that you take one down week. And what that means is that you basically take it easy that week. So like I was saying, you... Uh, just go through the motions on the workout. Maybe you don't do it for time. Maybe you just ignore the clock. Maybe you go really light on the weights. Um, every so often in our strength progressions, we actually build in a down week. Um, you know, maybe you just you just sort of take it easy. And this is really important because you kind of have to do it before you think you need to. Right. Um, so uh, so one of our coaches, Mike. He, I, I told him about this maybe, I don't know, eight, nine months ago, and he's been doing this pretty consistently since then. And he just says, oh, this is my down week. And he just kind of takes it easy. Right. Um, and he does it sort of purposefully. And then he generally comes back feeling a lot better. Right. But he didn't necessarily feel terrible going into that week. Right. Right. Which yeah. is the whole point. Yeah. And yeah. The, the whole point is like, you know, it's a long journey. It's not just a six week plan. Yeah. You know, um, the thing is with this, with this sort of down week, you program it in, and the the idea is that you are able to hit the next week reasonably hard. Right. Right. Um, so that so that's the whole point of that. Um, and you can just tell the coach, "Hey, I'm taking it easy today." Yeah. Right. And and coaches will completely understand yeah, that, yeah. especially if they're used to seeing you on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, now, as you get older, you need to make sure that this happens. Yes. Right. If, when you're younger, you can maybe get away with it. Right. But, uh, There's no shame in a down week. Absolutely not. Um, And you know what? So another sort of side note on the down week is it happens kind of automatically for some people. You either go on vacation or you get sick or you have, you know, a holiday or whatever. And so if you actually looked consistently at how much you've trained, for most people, there's going to be a week or two here and there where they're not training consistently. Um, If you want to just continue to keep training throughout the year, and, you know, sort of avoid that sort of illness and that kind of thing, then take that week purposefully. Right. So number three is, uh, is sort of sounds a little woo woo, but it's listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're eating well, if you're sleeping well, if you're properly hydrated, then your body will tell you whether you need to take some time off. Right. Um, you know, you, you ask yourself three questions. How do I feel today? How willing am I to train? And how do I look, feel and perform? Right. Right. So. 
so it's like, you know, you might, you might notice actually, you know, getting out of bed felt really awful today. Right. And it's been like that for three or four days. This is not just soreness. Right. You know, this is like, I really need to take some time off yeah. or I need to take it easy. Right. Um, so that, you know, listening to your body, this is something when you have it dialed in, it usually is a pretty good indicator. And some of the best athletes in the world tend to be very intuitive about how their body feels. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's number three, uh, kind of on the other end of that is number four is technical help. Which means, yeah, so, what does that mean exactly? Technical. So technical help is, um, basically using, uh, like a heart rate monitor to check your okay. heart rate on a regular basis. So, um, the scale that we have at home, uh, you know, it gives you all this information and then it checks your heart rate. Right. And most of the time I kind of like whatever. Yeah. But sometimes when I hop on there and I'm feeling a little anxious, my heart rate, you know, jumps up to whatever 75 and I'm like, okay, that's not right. It yeah. shouldn't, it should be, you know, somewhere around 50 or 40, depending on what I've been doing. Right. Right. Uh, and that, that kind of gives me an indicator like, oh, maybe there's something a little bit off today. Right. Right. And if it r- continues to stay off, then I will go easy on the training that day. Right. right. So that's a really simple one and you don't have to have a heart rate monitor to do it. You can just, you know, check, check your, your pulse. pulse. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you do that on a regular basis, you'll kind of get a, a feeling like, okay, yeah, my resting pulse is this and I feel a little bit off today. My resting pulse is a little bit higher. Right. So it's just more data to collect about your body and what it does. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the other one, if you want to take that to the next level is what, what they call heart rate variability. Uh, and there are monitors that you can use, just, you know, a little heart rate monitor, and then you do it for, I don't know, it was like a minute or so. And it checks, it checks the sort of space in between your heartbeats. And that variability kind of gives you an indicator of how ready you are to train. Right. Right. Um, and there's, there's some apps that do this. Um, I'll put some links in the show notes, but there's some apps that do this. There's also some things that you can buy. Um, that gives you a little more indication before. So the heart the daily heart rate that you're checking with your pulse is more of like what's going on right now. Right. And at that point it's, it's already late. Like you're already yes. a little bit overtrained. Right. Heart rate variability can tell you a little bit before. Okay. So you can say, okay, I'm going to take it sort of easy today. And you kind of maintain that. And then when it starts to go down again and you can take a little bit better. Can we post some information about how to do heart rate variability or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a couple different ways that it's being used. Um, uh, the uh, One of them is, so the heart rate variability I'm talking about is really specifically for athletes. And uh, Joel Jamison is a great resource for this. I'll post a link to his, his stuff. Um, the other way that people use it is to help with meditation. Mm. So uh, one of the goals of meditation is to sort of even out your heart rhythms Right. And so you basically attach this thing to your, um, you know, attach the the thing to your uh, chest. And while you're meditating, you're trying to get the indicator to go into green, meaning that your heart rate is pretty consistent. Okay. Right. Um, And that's all controlled by your breathing in this particular instance. It's controlled by your breathing. It's controlled by a few other things. So a couple different uses of it. It's an interesting uh, concept. And I think what you'll find as uh, as technology gets a little bit better, this is gonna this is gonna be more of a indicator. Right. Um, professional athletes use this quite a bit, actually. Right. Um, and then, you know, another sort of thing I group into technical help is supplementation. So, you know, we're trying to avoid overtraining. Uh, some of the supplements that you use can actually help you with that. So, 
fish oil, you know, helps you with like joint health and memory function and that kind of thing. Um, it, it can help you with recovery. Um, I find that magnesium really helps with sleep. So if sleep is one of the things in the, in the baseline, you're going to get better sleep if you take magnesium before bed. Um, you know, those are really the main ones. I mean, I, vitamin D sometimes if you're not getting enough sunlight, uh, which is, so I'm told most, most people in this, in this hemisphere are not getting enough sunlight. Um, even if you, even if you have a lot of relatively large amount of sunshine in your area. Right, right. Because you're sitting inside working. Exactly. Um, so, you know, those, those are three that I kind of recommend. I don't take a ton of supplements. Um, you know, one, one, uh, there's been some interesting research about taking a protein shake or some sort of food after a workout Mm -hmm. as a way to sort of recover from that workout. So the idea is that when you do, let's say heavy squats, your body is depleted of glycogen and, um, taking a, something that contains some sort of sugar and protein will help your body recover a little bit faster, thus avoiding overtraining. Right. So with those kind of things, I think it's a little bit different for everybody. Some people swear by it. Some people don't. And I think you have to kind of test it yourself and see what works. Right. I think for all of these things, it's different for everybody, right? All of these solutions, um, you know, checking your baseline, nutrition, sleep, hydration, your training schedule, listening to your body, um, any technical help that you get. So there's not one size fits all in terms of identifying or, 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 curing your overtraining or under recovery. So, yeah. um, so what would you say about that? How would, how would you choose or what do you, what do you do? So I think you have to ask yourself, and this is a big theme with everything we do is you ask yourself, why, right. why are you training? Like, why are you coming in here? And if your goal is, you know, just general health and fitness, you know, say you, you just want to get a little stronger, you want to lose a little bit of weight, you just want to feel good, then you want to avoid overtraining at all costs. I mean, overtraining is one of those things that if you go beyond your limits, then your health and fitness will suffer, right? It goes from sort of healthy to not healthy. Right. And I think for a lot of people whose goal is only general fitness, think that it's going to earn them some points or buy them some future time to like just go off the rails in the future. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Right, right. It doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you if you're thinking okay you know I'm gonna come in for the 6 a.m. class and then I'm gonna go come in later and do some extra squats and then I'll be there the next day for 6 a.m. you know I'm gonna do that five days a week it's it's one and and I'm, that's gonna make you make progress faster it, it not necessarily the case uh, you know you may you may find that you get a couple weeks maybe three four weeks of good progress and then you fall off a cliff right because your body is not meant to handle that kind of volume. And if your day job is kind of sitting behind a desk, right. you know, it's, you're not reinforcing Other that. things aren't supporting that sort of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the goal is, if the goal is general health and fitness, you want to avoid overtraining at all costs. And you use all of these techniques to do that. Right. Um, if your goal is to prep for something, so let's say, um, you know, let's say you're in season and you're a you know, a basketball player or a soccer player or something like that, right? There, it's it's really easy to overtrain if you take a full, you know, training schedule and you take, um, you you're doing your sport as well, right? So you have to be really careful about that. And the the goal here is again, you want to really avoid overtraining because it's going to reduce your performance on the on the field, right? So I would say in that case, if you're going to dance 
with the with the uh, the idea of overtraining, I would do that in the off season, mm. right? Now there is a there is, and that's sort of the third piece is there are cases where you do kind of want to test your capacity yeah. and dance with the idea of overtraining. I mean, some of the workouts that we've done, just just looking at the workout, you know that you're going to end up feeling this effects for many days, right, right. you know. And you don't want to be fearful before you even try something. Exactly. And you, you're never going to build your capacity unless you actually push that limit. Yeah. Right. So every so often it's a good idea to do that. Yeah. And, um, but you're talking like one day per couple of weeks or per yeah. week or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly. You know, one, you know, a couple of days a month, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe you have a little challenge like the 12 days of CrossFit. Right. And you're just like, okay, you're not normally going to do 12 intense workouts in a row. But you prep for it, you get everything ready, and then you see how it goes. Right. And you start to learn, oh, actually, I do have the capacity to do right. this. Yeah. Or, no, I actually feel terrible. Right. And, you know, that's going to be a challenge that I'm not going to do again until next year. <laughs> um, and, you know, what happens is you kind of dance with that and you find, you know, just by dancing with it, you do increase your capacity. You don't want to overdo it to the point where you get sick, you start getting injuries, that kind of thing. Right. So what's interesting is like, for example, for the 12 days of CrossFit, we, you know, we, 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 we uh, talk about it as a challenge, but when we actually get to it, we focus on recovery. You know, we yeah, want to yeah. make sure that you're recovering yeah. and the way the workouts are, li- are laid out is so that you can recover. It's yes. not just like it's 60 not minute random. workouts every yeah. day. It is programmed in such a way that it is doable. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the key here is you, fi- you figure out why you're training. Once you figure out the answer to that, um, which, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's fairly obvious for most people, then you figure out, okay, how do I manage the overtraining, right? You know, if you're just doing it for general health and fitness and, you know, you're, you're still working on that sort of baseline, then just make sure, you know, the baseline of nutrition, sleep, and um, hydration, then just make sure that you try and get a good balance in that area, you know, in three to four days a week, maybe even five days a week are fine, Right. If you are really going for something, you got to make sure you nail that baseline. You got to make sure that you are really conscious about, you know, your training schedule and make sure that you are listening to your body. And then you may get a little bit of technical help as well to avoid overtraining. Yeah. So, cool. Great. That was all good info. So you would then, under recovery, you would say means the same thing as overtraining. Yeah. I mean, there are, you know, Olympic lifters, uh, they they will generally train twice a day, seven days a week. I mean, to, these are guys that are going to the Olympics. Yes, and they can handle that. Now, sometimes they take performance enhancing drugs, but uh, or sometimes they just rest. Sometimes they just rest. <laughs> Actually, performance enhancing drugs really help you with recovery. That's right. the that's the main thing. They help us. They, help they make it so back. you can can keep training. Right. Um, but the whole point is, like, professional athletes can train a lot. Right. Right. And they have that sort of capacity. They've built up that capacity over many years. Right. right? So their idea of overtraining is very different than your idea of overtraining. Yeah. So it's really more about under recovery. I can't say like, oh, five days a week is best for everybody because sometimes people training 15 times a week. Right. Right. Sometimes people training twice a week are struggling. Yeah. Depending on depending on where you're at. Right. All right. Great. Thank you. Happy training. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Living Better Podcast. For more info or notes about the show, head on over to CrossFitHale.com slash podcast. See you next time.